This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Thank you for listening to the Covert Nerd Podcast. I really appreciate the time that you give me. Before we get into the episode, if you can think of somebody that would like this topic that you're about to listen to, please pause the podcast and share it with them. You can also go to covertnerd.net and look at previous episodes and different ways that you can get in touch with me. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, let's dive right in and nerd it up. We are live and ready to go, and we're darker and edgier than ever before. But we have to say it like Christian Bale in, in Batman, like you're gargling marbles or something like that. Yeah, I'm not doing that to my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did that, but maybe they dubbed it over later. I don't know. But anyway. The, uh, yeah, so I decided to name this series the Darker and Edgier because that's what it was in the 90s. They just switched to the darker and edgier type of comics, and that's what makes this series, I think, really fun because, well, you know, we were all young, and that's kind of when we got into comics. That makes it part of the fun, too, but it just it was definitely a turning point. Whether for good or for bad, you can make that argument, I guess, but that's the way <laughs> route it went. <laughs> I just noticed last time, guys, that, episode 90 was the first in the series so it fit, kind of fits that we're doing 90s comics and it started on episode 90 so ben had that planned all right. along right that's right that's what i always wanted yes yeah synchronized synchronized so all right <laughs> but today we're doing so last time i'll put a link in the show notes last time we did just kind of our favorite 90s comics but this time we're going to zero in more on why the 90s became so iconic was because of all the covers all the gimmicky fun covers it was beginning of all these types of covers so we're gonna go through some of our favorites i guess anybody want to go first ben or ben or uh, al want to start i vote al (laughs) (laughs) okay all right You're, you're you're first al what was your first maybe not necessarily your favorite but your favorite for this this series your pick when you're talking about gimmicky covers, I think like the one that definitely jumps out in my mind as the most gimmicky and maybe even started off uh, the super gimmick covers, I got to go with the Silver Surfer number 50. Yes. Getting a light there. So the fun thing about this is the corner box is embossed. Obviously, the cover is on a thicker, a thicker board paper yep. than uh, you know your standard floppy newsprint. Uh, and of course, you know, the silver surfer is silver. So it's silver. Yes. Yeah. It's actually not a bad issue. It's uh, this sets up the infinity gauntlet, which uh, they took a yeah. lot of for the Avengers movies. Yep. Uh, Thanos has all of the rings or has all the stones on the uh, infinity gauntlet and he's headed towards earth and silver surfer is trying to uh, get there and warn everybody on earth. And he confronts. Oh, okay. It. I kind of forgot. I thought that was. The uh, Thanos quest, but no, so Silver Surfer. Okay. Yeah, so and it's written by uh, Jim Starlin, who pretty much created, he, well, he created Thanos. Yep. Uh, and he's the, more or less the author of the cosmic Marvel Universe, like I said, which is a lot of what we saw in the, the last run of that the movies there. Yeah. Um, but this interesting thing about this is this book came out before the, uh, the X-Men book. Oh. Uh, so this was published in ni- in May of 1991. Yeah, and it was it was actually before Spider Man and X Men. This came so out. This, so 
I think this was the first kind of gimmicky cover. First one to use chromium, I believe. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, some, yeah. The first cover to use a chromium embossing type of uh, method, I guess. So, okay. yeah. So I actually, I got mine via subscription. I think this, I think this may have been the first issue that I got in the subscription, but oh, I can okay. imagine if you'd seen this on a newsstand that this was going to jump out. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was clearly going to set itself apart from everything else on that rack. Yes. Cause you'd literally never seen this before. If it's, if yeah. this, uh, this quote that I found is accurate, that this was the first chromium cover they've ever done. Now, I don't know, maybe some independents might have done some, but, you know, you wouldn't have seen that on a spinner rack at, at a store. Right. And it, and it feels good. To, to quote our, uh, our friend Eddie Foster, <laughs> it feels really good in the hand. Feels good in the hand. Because <laughs> everything, is, everything is raised up. It's all, you know, it's embossed, so everything's lifted up a little bit, so it's got a really cool texture to it. Yeah, and it's done well. It, we'll, we'll see some others where it looks very forced. This looks yeah. very natural. Yeah. Well, and, and it fits, you know, it's yes. the silver surfer. So. so yeah. Yeah. Right. So you have to make it emboss silver. <laughs> right. You have to be silver. I think he fights Thanos in like a rock state or something like that. I mean, I think he, if I remember correctly, yeah. Thanos is just toying with him because he has all the gems so he can do whatever he wants. Right. And that's exactly it. Uh, and it's, it's, there's a lot of flashbacks where Thanos is diving into uh, the silver surfer psyche. And yeah. so it's actually really cool because if if you've never read Silver Surf before, you know this. It really does fall into the the Stan Lee model of treat every issue as if it's somebody's first. Uh -huh. And so it tells the backstory of the planet that he grew up on and his father and their relationship and how the planet was destroyed and how he becomes or he saved he sacrificed himself to save the planet. Um, so if you've never read a Silver Surfer book, you have no idea you know, anything about the character, this is a really good jumping off point or jumping in point to, uh, to learn to about jump on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's set up, it set up the, uh, the infinity gauntlet, which I'm assuming was the big summer, you know, full yeah. spectrum over event that season. That would have been, that would have been coming. So, yeah. No, that's a real, looks really good. I like it's a shame that they didn't take that storyline for when they introduced Silver Surfer in those fantastic, fantastic four movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. Mean, they, and they really didn't do him justice in those. No, it, not at all. Visually, it looked fine. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that's true. There's... Silver Surfer was fine. Galactus was the one that was a little questionable, I guess. He was just like a yeah. He's just like a cloud. Cloud. Yeah. yeah. They they took a but... cue from uh, Green Lantern and just made the bad guy a a cloud. Well, there was also the first hulk movie with eric banna oh, oh the ang lee yeah. one yeah yeah at the end uh nick nolte becomes a cloud and the hulk is yeah. just fighting the cloud yeah oh, I, I barely remember that because i we went to a me and my friends went to a drive-in theater for that and i remember i literally fell asleep in the backseat of my friend's car watching that incredible hulk movie yeah yeah <laughs> once, the dogs, <laughs> once yeah, you fight the dogs just turn it off <laughs> It's like they ran out of money. They put all the budget into making the surfer look good. And then it's like, oh, no, we don't have money for Galactus. Uh, make him a cloud. Just, <laughs> just do him a cloud. He's got the, the typical uh, the studio well, exec. Ah, just, just make it a cloud. They'll like that's it. That's right. 
Well, it's not like Galactus has a distinct look that you could identify on screen or on page very easily. So if you just make right. him an indistinct cloud, it fits. Right. It was. I mean, he really they mixed him up all the time in the books. It was really hard yeah. to tell what was going on with Galactus. Yeah. Yeah. I see oh, yeah, that Ron. Ron... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. At the end of the book, he crashes into the Sanctum Santorum to really yep. bring everything in. Sets up hmm. the movie. I see that Ron, or sets up the comic book and the movie, but yeah, the uh, Ron Lim did the art, and I think Ron Lim did all of the Infinity Gauntlet stuff, and then you know all those those books. He did a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, him and like, Jim Starlin was the was the author and the architect, but uh, Ron Lim was was definitely his right hand man, and he had a he had a long run on the Silver Surfer. He, he was on oh, it. Okay, so this wasn't a one shot for him. Mm-mm. No, he was the regular. In fact, they've relaunched uh, the Silver Sur- the Silver Surfer book uh, recently, and they got Ron Lim back. Nice, so, nice. really. I'm not sure. Yeah, ah, his art's really good. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's maybe not. I guess maybe not as standoutist or as as uh, iconic as maybe Jim Lee or some of those right. other guys, but it's still very solid. It's very solid, and it's. It, it, you know, the challenging thing about the Silver Surfer is you have to come up with dynamic ways to basically just draw a naked uh, gym rat over and over <laughs> and over again and, and make him shiny and make it look good. And make it look good. Yeah. And do you do reflections? You know, how do you do right. Like you can see here on some of these where he's got the, the shiny lights or whatever shining, reflecting off him. How do yeah. you do that? So, yeah. Yeah, he figured it out. He definitely had a formula. Yeah. All right. Well, pick this up. I'm sure you can pick this up and trade. I don't. I don't know if you can get a single issue, but. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure that with the numbers that they were putting out, they. I think this was one of the. I don't know exactly how many numbers they printed, but I think it's a safe bet you could go into your local shop and still snag a copy fairly cheap. It's probably five, ten five, bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. So I was just gonna say probably five, ten bucks. So if you want the original chromium cover right so, so al you picked up the first gimmick cover of the 90s yeah well done <laughs> Thank you. all right ben what do you got for us uh i am gonna go with uh x-men number one the reissue uh, yep uh where they did the uh oh where's my camera where they did the multiple covers Yep. To con you into buying it four times. Technically, I bought it five times. My fifth one's still over on the shelf. To make one cohesive picture. I, much like most people who bought gimmicky type things in the early 90s, I bought this literally because I went, that's super cool that it makes one cover. I've got yes. the one where, with the fold-out cover, so I've got the complete five-book set. That's my retirement plan. When I, you know, when I'm my age now, when I was, you know, you know, in 91, you know, when I was younger, 1920s, whatever, 15, even actually, I went, you know what, when I'm like 40, this is going to be worth money. Well, here I am about to turn 39. And I just looked it up. And uh, if these were in mint condition, I could get nine bucks a piece for them. They are not in condition. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, but no, this was, uh, this fell right in line with, like Al said, just with the last one, just something, something big and different. 
basically to sell copies like this they they consider one of the things i read is they say that this issue the re-release of x-men number one is the single best-selling comic of all time it yes. sold eight eight million copies yep because you had people like me who bought it five times yep but it was also uh you know they had they got their their new new best and brightest writers and uh illustrators on it uh chris claremont and jim lee worked on mm-hmm. this so i mean they had some names behind it but it was pure gimmick it was pure hey how can we you know how can we get more sales how can we move more units and they said hey let's make uh let's make people buy it five times and we all fell for it yep oh yeah hook line and sinker <laughs> yeah so yeah, the, the, but yeah like uh, i said i I haven't flipped through the book in forever, but I do remember that I literally bought it for that gimmick and thinking that since it was so cool and rare, that it would be worth tons of money sometime <laughs> down the road. Uh, eight, eight million other people thought the same thing. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a and, great, and, great cover. Great, great story, actually, too. And to be fair, that I did inspire... Uh, the culty saga for Lenny Vernon for Omug uh, for me and Al. We uh, see paid homage to <laughs> to the X Men here by by making an interlinking cover. Yeah. Now, granted, to be fair, ours isn't the same book three times. Right. It's a no. it's a full yeah. story, so we yeah. didn't trick you so... into buying the same story three times. And we didn't have the budget for variant covers. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give you something different every time. We're not gonna yes. we're not gonna be a Marvel exact and try to figure a way out to scam these little kids out of their money. Right. Right. <laughs> well, it's a this is one that I got in one of those, I guess basically a grab bag at Walmart. You know, they put a, a good comic on top, which yep. was X Men, and then they put a bunch <laughs> of mediocre ones behind it. I think so it was X Men number one, Guardians of the Galaxy, New Warriors, and Darkhawk for oh, the rest yeah. of them. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. And so I picked it up. But I, again, I, I I got one of the variant covers and then I figured out later, oh, it, it goes together and you have to buy all these other ones. And so, of course, I was like Ben. I went out and picked up all five of them <laughs> and then bought the gatefold one with all of it together. And yep. again, hook, line and sinker every single well, every single time. Yep. And I actually remember now as I'm thinking about it, too, I bought them all at once from my local comic shop. Oh, uh, you know, so like all five copies and I took them home and I like laid them out. I saw the cool picture. I'm like, that's awesome. And I cracked open the first one, you know, the first of the series of the images and I read through it. And then I went, that was sweet. And I took the second one and I cracked it open and I started reading. And I went, wait, it's wait the same second. book. <laughs> and so then I, the third one, I open it. it. It's the same book. Fourth one. It's the same book. And I was just like, oh, those bastards <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I felt a little dip but at the same time i was like but don't remember it's gonna be worth money so keep yeah. it don't don't be too upset yeah hang right? on to that <laughs> yeah you're right it's i don't know that any other cover I mean, maybe they had done something like this but that was i think a first in, in that style to have this grand picture drawn out for you and you know bringing in jim lee and of course Chris Claremont had been doing X-Men for years. And so you had a solid, yep. solid writer and solid artist in Jim Lee. So very good, very good story in my opinion. But I, again, I kind of cut my teeth on comics with this one. So of course 
it was good at the time. I went back and reread it, and it's a little wordy, but so were most of 80s and 90s comics, in my opinion. Well, uh, I feel like anytime, anytime you get Magneto involved, it starts getting wordy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you got Asteroid M. You got the whole team. Nick Fury. Again, another. So even inside the issue, you have these fold-out spreads uh, that they that they do. So not only on the cover, you're having three to five sheets. You're doing each one. You're doing at least two so far that I've seen that have the, the fold-out yeah, every every time you turn a page in this book, you've got Jim Lee showing off, and I don't know how many of these images <laughs> all became posters and promotional pictures and T-shirts, and it, it seems oh, like yeah. every page something that just kept on going. So if you see Wolverine in this bottom kind of middle one, mm-hmm. he was fe- that pose was featured on several advertisements I kind of remember in comic book catalogs. Mm-hmm. It was all kind of bent down, and I kind of remember that. But very bright colors. This is where this wasn't the first blue and yellow, was it? But it was one of the first ones, I think, where they did the blue and the, yellow team. In the Uncanny X Men theme, uh, in the Uncanny X Men book leading up to this, they'd had the blue and yellow costumes. Okay. Um, yeah, that was when Jim Lee was doing Uncanny. They had everybody on the team, even Wolverine. They all had matching uniforms. And then in this story, uh, they broke the teams up into the blue team and the gold team. And I forget which one is which, but one team was X-Men. One team was Uncanny X-Men. That's right. I think Storm took one team. Yeah, I think that's how it was. Okay. Yeah, she's okay. she was in Uncanny with either the blue or the gold, whichever one it was. I think Scott <laughs> Cyclops took the other team in, in yep. the regular X-Men. Okay. That's when this happened. Still a good, it's a good story, fun, but interesting. It was a good cover. I, I'm not gonna lie, that cover is iconic. I'm not gonna knock it. Oh, yeah. Even 30 years later, it still looks yeah. magnificent. And it absolutely did the job. You know, the point of the cover oh. is to to grab your attention and get you to buy it, and they did that in spades, obviously. Yep, still right. does. And in, in you know generated a bunch of inflated false numbers, but. Yeah, right. Eight million. Eight million. Eight million. <laughs> yeah. Best uh, selling issue ever. Yeah. Jesse Jesse in the chat says magnificent hair. I assume he's referring to Magneto. Right. I, I don't think unless he's referring to you, Al. I, I don't know. It could be. You know. A extra Magneto time. does have some good hair in this issue, so he does. He does. Let's see if I can <laughs> find that again. He's got that glorious white mane that he has. Let's see here at the, well, at the second page in, he's standing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. The, flowing yeah. locks. <laughs> he's got the cape, cape flowing, the hair's flowing. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Which is All odd because right. he's in space, so how's everything flowing? Good point. Well, I think they say that he has <laughs> the magnetic field around his body somehow, and that's how he can breathe. Oh, right. But you're right. But you're right. The hair <laughs> wouldn't be flowing. I don't think the cape would be either. I don't know. It's comic books. <laughs> All right. So my pick then, let's go ahead and stick with the X-Men theme and go with X-Men number 304, which is the cover that has the hologram card on it, basically. Let me see if I can find yep. it here. Oh, yeah. And the Fatal Attractions one. It's got a fold. So it's got a fold out 
cover as well, but they did a whole series of these where they just basically slap a hologram card on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I I liked it. I, I, I still was a big X-Men fan at the time, but I guess at this point I was like, ah, you guys are kind of stretching it a little bit. I'm just, you know, you're kind of it, not trying as hard or something like that. I don't know. It just seemed to, at the time I was like, eh, it's not yeah. really getting me anymore. It seems like they were, hey, we got these hologram covers and we need to sell some books. Let's just slap it on there. This wasn't like Silver Surfer where it, it really right. fit. It wasn't right. like the un, the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men that we, that we just saw, the X-Men, where it, it kind of it worked. This one seems hard, quickly thrown together. Lazy. Yes. Well, it, yeah, it seems like they, like you said, some exec somebody went, you know, like, oh, holograms are big now. Let's put them on the cover. And it's like, yeah, okay. That, what, that, what can I we, guess do, we can to, do that? What can we well, do to charge three ninety five? They did this throughout the entire X, uh, X family, X Factor. Yes. X I was going to say, cause, I was going to say, because I, I distinctly remember having one of these where the hologram card was uh, Shatterstar. Yes. Yep. So. It was called the the Fatal Attraction series. I think there was eight or ten issues, and each one featured a different hologram cover. So there was a Wolverine one. I remember I had that because I had the – and then the X-Men issue, X-Force, X-Factor, all of them had their own cover in this Mm. specific hologram card to their their cover. Oh, I was going to say this one uh, on X-Men 304. X-Men 300 was a trifold – cover with yep. all the x's in the the foil so this yep. they, they put a gimmick cover out three months after they put a gimmick cover out yes yes <laughs> so yeah because they just had the 300 issue which was, was good and but then yeah al's right you know three months later they're asking you to spend 395 again on another gimmick cover because this came out in september of 93 and this is the kind of the synopsis was this was the gathering for Ileana's funeral, uh, Colossus's sister. And this is where right. Colossus joins Magneto. So that was a big, big deal because he had mm-hmm. left Xavier's plan for peaceful coexistence with the humans and decides to side with Magneto on this one. You know, I still like X-Men, still liked X-Men at this time. But I, at the time, I was like, I don't know. You guys are kind of pushing it a little bit it just was kind of oh hum or ho hum i guess it's like well yeah you know, nice cover but kind of yeah looks like you, again i could have done it i could have just slapped a hologram co- uh, card on the on the cover and called it good you know it's what, yeah because the, the hologram itself wasn't anything special no it was just meh. since it's just the hologram card it's like well, why didn't you guys just polybag it and put a card in there Right, and then right. I could collect the cards, which I know they did later anyway. But you know, they could have just done that, and I would have been maybe happier. Well, and they, yeah, that would have been with X Force with X Force One, and they, that's one of the reasons why X Force One sold the numbers that it did because everybody bought two, or sometimes yep. three, depending on you know trying to get the different cards. But you'd have one that you would open, and then one that you would keep in the original poly bag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I don't know what the logic was with this it just seemed again it seemed forced seemed sloppy so that's when i think from this point on i i don't think i renewed my uncanny x-men subscription i kind of like started letting it go so it wasn't necessarily (laughs) because of this it just i don't know i just wasn't into x-men as much anymore after this point 
So, but anyway, still, <laughs> you can still pick it up. I don't, again, just like, uh, I think it was Ben or Al said, you can still pick this up on eBay for five bucks, six bucks. It's, yeah. uh, or still waiting for the retirement money to come in. Right, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Every, every time I, we, I plan, we start planning one of these, like I looked up all the different issues that I've had. It's like, <laughs> like mint condition, like 9.9 .9 graded book is like maybe like 150 bucks. And it's like, oh, this was supposed to be like thousands you know, and thousands of dollars. You know, it's like I was supposed happen, to slap ben. this down at the Ferrari dealership and be like, yeah. yes, I'll take that one. Here's my X-Men number one. And the right. salesman would be like, oh, we actually owe you change now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen when you're 89 on your deathbed finally you'll get the notification it's worth a thousand dollars finally right right as you pass as you pass on <laughs> oh man i knew it would happen <laughs> i just had to wait i just had to wait till i was 89 i can't remember <laughs> patience is the key exactly all right so al what was your next pick yeah so uh that the the hologram squares there that was 1993 well yeah so punisher uh number 75 here was also in 1993 because image was just apparently just mopping the floor with marvel in terms of sales so they decided to up the game and just lean into these gimmick covers uh and man this book is awful uh, <laughs> this book is terrible so because not only is this cover like just really like really lazy, because like, so it's cardstock again, right? Because it's they're they're kind of doing the same thing as Silver Surfer. The knuckles are raised. If you feel the the knuckles, <laughs> those are lifted. Okay. Uh, the knife is of course the the same silver, you know, like the Silver Surfer. The Punisher is silver, and it's it's you know shiny and reflective, but it's not, not raised. They lifted the knuckles. Not, not the cover the logo. and the, okay. the skull on his face like you can feel his chin so okay. that's a nice touch that the chin is lifted is the um, 75 raised yes okay yep that tiny little yep uh yeah and um it's just not a good story uh <laughs> i was reading the, i, I reread it and i was wondering why i ever read punisher um, I mean, I guess I get it because when I was like, you know, 13 or whenever this came out, um, this is pretty, this checks every action movie cliche. It checks all the boxes. <laughs> You've got like, you know, big dramatic shootouts. Well, isn't that every Punisher book? No, not really. Because uh, sometimes <laughs> there was actually like surveillance and espionage and like more James Bond stuff. Uh, you've got like a psychopath coming out with a giant chain gun. Uh, you've got helicopters. You've got yeah. people dangling from helicopters. You've got uh, <laughs> tiny gunships, massive explosions. Like, it's just every single action movie, it checks all the lame boxes. And the names. The, uh, well, I even I wrote some of them down because they're awful. Well, wasn't the uh, guy that was – the group that was chasing him was called Vigil? Yeah. There's another guy named Nails. Oh, uh, another dude named Wilco. There's Blackwell. Like, yeah, it's like oh they, man, you, yeah. Okay, this <laughs> there this is. one right here, this screen. I'm gonna have to put this in the notes. That just screams again. That's '90s '90s comics yeah. right there. Yeah, like I guess when I was 12, I probably ate this up with a spoon. 
Uh, looking at it now, it doesn't it doesn't do well. Uh, <laughs> what's cool though is uh, the only redeeming thing about this about this book. There's three stories, and this is the first story which wraps up some arc. You see, he's dangling from a helicopter because you have to. Yeah. Uh, how else? How else do you travel by helicopter inside? With, with Come on. one arm on the bottom, of course. Right. Yeah, he's hanging on by his fingertips. Come on. Yes. Uh, that's the only way the Punisher travels by helicopter. He's never been in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the the second story. Oh, and there's also the the story. This story that was the wrapping up the arc here. Uh, it's a bunch of cops that decided to become vigilantes to hunt vigilantes. It's yeah, and the Punisher ends up winning in the end without actually having to kill anybody and. A lot of cliches here. The guy is getting his, uh, he's going to get caught in the ropes. So now they, there's even more helicopter dangling. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Punisher also, helps him, of course. The way Punisher is grabbing on there and where his elbow is, when that yeah. rope gets caught, that's going to suck. Yeah, that's going to hurt. Slack <laughs> <laughs> goes out. <laughs> yeah, they're going to wish they hadn't thought, done that that way. He's going to hope that, yeah, any breeding has already been taken care of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. You're right. So, this just hits every cliche yeah, action. You could, put, you could put Schwarzenegger in here or Sylvester yeah. Stallone, any 80s action hero, yep. fit right in. Yep. Yeah, it's like they uh, found like a discarded Shane Black script and just... <laughs> right but you were you were a punisher this fan up commando to, up, two <laughs> commando two, yeah. yeah but you were a punisher fan though right i was a punisher fan actually uh this was another one that i actually subscribed to so i did okay. get this issue in the mail uh read it now, religiously every month for a, for a while now this, let's uh, see. The, i don't know the artwork's pretty good it's no, okay the art, it's not uh, in this story in the second story uh, the art's atrocious. But what's really fun is the third story, uh, if you're a comic art nerd, uh, the third story is art by Simon Bisley, who okay. uh, is more known for painting. Um, he's done a lot of really great uh, painted comics, Batman, uh, Joker books, a lot of uh, some Judge Dredd. Um, yeah, that second story was just awful. This is the Simon Bisley. And it's How... only like two pages. How many pages was this? Uh, the book this. itself? Yeah, it was like 64. Or... No, I mean, it's bigger than average, but I think probably 35, something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe 40. Uh, is this a flare-up? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's the that's Simon the Bisley. Book. Okay. And normally, any other time you see Simon Bisley art, it's normally pretty pretty gruesome. And it's like I said, it's typically hand-painted. You don't often see him doing uh, ink and with a separate colorist but wow look at his arms are all like veiny and stuff and right definitely a different take on punisher yeah and you get a guy burn, being burned alive yeah man they're really pushing the the this still have the yeah. comics code of authority on it still uh yeah. it does not no okay well then there that's why <laughs> okay no it does like, it does yeah it does right? yeah underneath 75 it does have it on there wow i can't believe they got away with that yeah, I mean, well, you know, I think Image was forcing their hand a lot. They were. They were. Oh, yeah. Especially by this time. Definitely, because this is 93, you said? 
Yeah. Yeah, this was oh, published yeah. in February of 93. Yeah, so yeah, they were getting their clocks cleaned by this time by by Image. All their talent had pretty much left at that point. I think, because huh. I think in 93, you already had like the second generation, the second wave of Image guys with, uh, you know, I think Sam Keith and yep. Dale Keith had already jumped ship. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sam Keith was gone. Dale Keown was gone. So, yeah, they're pretty much on a string budget with artists and writers at this point trying to find anybody and any everybody that'll come work for them and produce something yeah yeah so cool well, i like the the cover like i said does look great but it yeah why did you raise the knuckles but not yeah you know, the punisher logo you know it, like yeah graphically from a distance it looks fine and i could see how it's gonna, it's gonna jump off the the shelf and grab the eye yeah, but some of the choices they made, like uh, okay, you know, the hilt on the knife is raised up. That's embossed. That's fine, but the knuckles, really, the chin. Come on, is the <laughs> the like the blood and the top of the blade? Is that in chrome or anything like that? Uh, no. Okay. It, well, there's a little bit of chrome. I mean, the the, the chrome on the knife. Okay. Um, and all that's embossed, so you can you can feel the blood drip on the knife. Uh, that's yeah. Okay. Okay. But, you know, and the they knuckles. had blood on the cover. Wow. Again, the comics yeah. code of authority. I can't believe they got this by. <laughs> I, I think that was the the comics code really doing anything at this point other than just like, hey, no profanity, uh, no sex. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You can't show a lot of skin, can't have profanity at this point. Because you can definitely see like what they're doing here versus even three years earlier on yeah. stuff in nineteen ninety versus ninety three. Big difference. Yeah. So, and the fact I think even Marvel, I think Marvel was the first one to jump ship, but that wasn't until I think the late '90s when they just got rid of the Comics Code of Authority all all together. Yeah. So, fun, fun cover, but you're saying the inside story is less than Reading stellar. It now, like you said when I was 12, uh, it was probably amazing, but now, no, it's it's cliche and just <laughs> hacky. <laughs> Well, here, there you go. You could borrow something from Lenny Vernon from here, maybe. More explosions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just see the end of the cliches. They had what some some guy with like gold chains or something like that that was like a looked like a start, Russian mobster or something. Yeah. I'll yeah, start researching the, how to do embossed covers. There you go. Like the guy, the guy right behind him that has like the gold chain and bald. He just needs a tracksuit, and he'd be a perfect Russian mobster. Yep, <laughs> all the stereotypes. Oh yeah, oh man. All right, yeah. Here, like the blow panel, everybody's just getting riddled with bullets. That's the oh, comics geez. code. Oh man. Well, anyway, okay. All right, Ben, what do you got for us? All right, my second choice. Uh, which falls in line with all of my comic book buying habits uh, is Ghost Rider number 15 uh, from July of 1991, written by Howard Mackey and art by Max, I don't know how to say it, Texaria? Mark Texaria. There you go. Uh, I have no idea what happens in this comic book. I've never read this one. (laughs) But But you know what? It's got Ghost Rider, who's a flaming skull that rides a Harley. Yeah, yep. and this one glows in the dark. Yeah, were you afraid to crack the spine so as not to hurt your retirement fund? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure that played a little bit into it. Uh, <laughs> but 
like I, I I've been kind of just like flipping through different articles about this one, and as I'm like reading like synopsis of it, and I'm like, I don't think I ever read this book. <laughs> I bought it because it glows in the dark. Dark. Yeah. And there was, and there was two different versions of it. Uh, a second release or second, uh, however you want to call it, is the exact same cover, but instead of uh, black on the background, it was more of a kind of white or tan i guess is the best way to put it so you could still see the white flames and it still glowed in the dark but that was the second printing it wasn't worth as much or i mean they're both worth <laughs> nothing now but <laughs> well wait no but hold this on one here. i looked it up ben it's worth five dollars right now <laughs> and if $5. you look at the picture that you have the cover price was a dollar 75 so yeah, you've more than doubled your money in 30 years right yeah hey <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, I, I did some like brief research on this one because, like I said, I, I never actually read it. Um, but apparently, this was uh, part of the series uh, that had been launched uh, by uh, uh, by Howard Mackey as the writer, where they replaced uh, Johnny Blaze as the ghostwriter. So Johnny Blaze is not the ghostwriter uh, in this series; it's Daniel Ketch, oh, whoever that is. Um, so. You know, but from what I can tell, it's a, it's a typical ghostwriter story. He rides around, he finds bad guys, uh, and he you know he punishes them. I think I like uh, part part of his vengeance run is in this is uh, the bad guy whose name is Blackout uh, yeah. killed his sister, I believe. Yeah, I was flipping through it, and I think Blackout is like killing some people, and he's trying to stop. Yeah, Blackout. I, I don't know a lot about Ghost Rider, but it wasn't. Blackout, one of his main villains, I think. Or maybe I'm uh, sure, I don't know. Probably. I, I never fully got into Ghost Rider. I, I read some of them. Um, yeah. And and from like our previous conversation, mainly because it wasn't Spider-Man, it wasn't X-Men. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, ah, oh, this is a different character that nobody really seems to be fully into, or he's li at least not as famous as the rest of them. So I would yeah. pick up books every now and then and read them but like i I never really ever owned or bought like a, a full run of uh ghostwriter books i wasn't into it kinda... either it just didn't it, it the concept is good i'm you know I, hey I, I watched the nicholas cage ghostwriter <laughs> just yeah. to check it out <laughs> i was excited for that less so once it started actually playing <laughs> did you did you fall asleep to that one too ben no i made i, I fought my way through that one <laughs> <laughs> it actually wasn't bad it was it was okay yeah yeah but it's just like the comic book it's like i i didn't hate ghost rider but i wasn't purposely seeking him out but the cover though the idea of a glow-in-the-dark cover though i have to admit that's pretty good that's a yeah. that's a good idea that's not bad well and 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 like we were talking about with some of the other ones where that doesn't seem like they tried as hard not that glow-in-the-dark is really deep in thought but no they put the thought process in of, of picking the right character. I mean, yes, his head is a flaming skull. So if you're going to do a glow in the dark gimmick cover, it should probably be that character and not like, you know, Wolverine or yeah, Punisher right. or something weird like that. So they do at least had the forethought of that. Do you still have this? Uh, yeah, somewhere. Does it still glow? Uh, you know, I, I have, I don't have it in my possession now. Like I think it's in a long box at my parents' house actually. Uh, okay. So well, if, it, if nothing else, if you have a nightlight. 
if it still glows, it's actually worth like seven bucks instead of five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, Jesse says that the movie wasn't good, but it was entertaining. It was both okay. of them. I actually That's valid. I, I saw the second one in the theater because I'm, I'm a sucker. And oh. uh, <laughs> the visuals were great. I'll say that. Just like the book, I actually bought, I didn't have this one, but I think I had every issue around this issue. Okay. Because uh, Ghost Rider always seemed to get good artists, and they had like Jim Lee did a handful of them, yeah. mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell you what happened in them, but I know that the art was always cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I would say it takes a lot of talent to draw him because look at all the flames and the the bike. You have the bike, the chains, the spikes, the skull. Like, yeah, it's <sighs> that's a challenging, challenging job. Yeah, the art's good in my opinion. It looks really detailed and gritty it has a gritty look which i think again like ben said the cover fits the character and i think the art yep. here fits the character you know that gritty dark style and you got yeah. the guy you know, his head is bleeding off of him i mean again this is what year was this 91 again i can't believe comics code of authority allowed some of this stuff but really good i i just never really got into it i don't know it doesn't really i kind of was flipping through it and it doesn't necessarily make sense but i i haven't sat down and read every word and and figured it out but i think the thing with ghostwriters they could always just fall back on you know if they were like i don't know if this story makes sense is anybody gonna buy it I'm like look man <laughs> it's a biker with a flaming skull what more do you need kids will buy it like, they'll okay. buy it trust yeah. me right. like like ben he bought it never read it yeah like, I, I couldn't tell you if it's bad. <laughs> this this story's kind of weak. Make the cover glow in the dark. There okay. you go. <laughs> we, need, we need a sales bump. Yeah. Well, here, look at this. So That's this awesome. would be really hard. Look at that. But it looks yeah. great. So, like his left leg, you can see his like knee joint. Yeah, and, and the flames the, coming off. The flames coming off. The spikes. I think Lenny Vernon needs more spikes, Al. I think Lenny Vernon has too many spikes. <laughs> I'm trying to make him as oh i didn't notice this too like his chest you can see his chest bones it's all oh okay That's he has cool. a wallet chain too you're right he does lenny, have a wallet lenny, <laughs> lenny vernon had a wallet chain once lenny, said, lenny vernon had a wallet chain for like three pages in issue one yep fun fact that's it, like a 20 page issue <laughs> yeah. is he gonna make a comeback is the, the wallet chain gonna come back no <laughs> No, uh, page four. I decided that I didn't want to draw that well, anymore. Ghost Rider has one. He sure does. <laughs> you well, the, the, artist of, the artist of Ghost Rider gets paid a lot more. Yeah, and in every issue of Ghost Rider, in most pages, in fact, you actually see his mode of transportation. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. You, you do see the motorcycle. That's right. Yes. Over and over again. It's pretty but, critical. Yeah. And you know, see, what's, you know was, what's funny about this? is researching it a little bit, at least from what I can tell, like the other ones that we've talked about, the gimmick covers were like for a reason. Like, you know, yeah. there's the re 30 year anniversary reissue yeah. X-Men number one, all that good stuff. Right. Uh, the introduction of the Inf infinity gauntlet, all that good stuff. Yeah. The Punisher 75, this one, if, at least from what I can tell is just like, no, it, yeah. it's Punisher 15. Let's make it glow in the dark. Yeah. There was no, yeah. there was no, it wasn't starting a new storyline or anything. It was just, Right. standalone issue yeah you're right that's yeah, unusual I, you'd think they would have saved that for like issue number 25 yeah yeah 
But no, they're just like, ah, let's do this time. Unless let's without this glow in the dark cover, they couldn't. They didn't think they were going to be able to get to issue twenty five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe that's that what it was. Be. That could like, be. We, we better make this one good because there's probably not going to be a sixteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, Mark Mark Terrera is that how you pronounce it? Tashera. Tashera. Really good. Really yeah. Really good artist. I don't know what else he does, but he also did uh, around this time. Uh, there was that Maverick uh, uh, story. Okay. He was like the X Men mercenary character that palled around. Oh the yeah. yeah, yeah. He did that. Okay. That was like a four or five issue run. Okay. Uh, I can't remember anything other than that. He did some okay. fill in issues here and there and different stuff, but that was I think the Maverick run was his biggest one. I mean, the fact they can draw Ghost Rider with all the spikes and the flames. I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably he probably wore himself out doing that. I mean, how long yeah. did that take to do just that page alone with him on his bike? Can't imagine. And yeah, this is no, before digital. Right. That's yeah, that's gonna be at least one that's that's a few days right there. Oh, at least. Yeah. All hand drawn, so that's impressive. Yeah, I think that's a good a good cover. I think this gets a good vote because it's it fits the character, in my opinion. So all right. Well, last but not least, we've got Blood Strike. This is a image comic that had a gimmick cover of being basically heat sensitive. So when you would rub your finger on it and it warmed up the page, then blood would start showing up where they had splattered blood on it. And this came out in April of 1993. And... So it's called, you can see up in the corner, rub the blood issue. And <laughs> oh man. This I, I bought this, but my oh, goodness. That's awful. <laughs> it's just the the gimmick is just all in the whole inside is just garbage. The story isn't good. It doesn't make sense. And it they it's just it, yeah. It's Extreme Studios. It's Extreme, exactly. Rob Liefeld. I say there's nothing more image than everything that you just said about this comic book. Oh yeah. wow! It hits. <laughs> it, it it checks every check mark of the gimmicky covers in the '90s. I I can't tell you how many what titles they had were had blood the word blood in it. Now they oh, had yeah. you know, Young Blood, Blood Strike, Blood Hunter. Everything was just blood. blood so wolf. why not? And these guys, so Bloodstrike is a, a strike team, kind of like X-Men. And you'll see, let me see if I can find it here. Their leader is like called Cabot. And he looks a little similar to somebody else we might know from huh. X-Men comics. You're not so, suspecting that Rob Liefeld's image work was derivative, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was, so I was here, just going to say, I, I like the, uh, the, the cable uh, Shatterstar uh, love child there in the middle. And the Wolverine ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to him in a second, but yeah. So here on the left, we have Cabot, who's the leader of blood strike. And then here on the right, we have cable. So you can kind of see Weird. some similarities here. Just a little Even bit. Pretty much the same pose too. I mean, yeah. if you stretch it, I guess you could say there's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the other, so Cabot is the leader and then you've got foreplay who has a lady with oh, four God. arms. Come on. Tag. 
who was a, a mutant. I don't remember. She can freeze, so anything she touches freezes. And then we have Deadlock. I'm surprised they didn't call her Freeze Tag. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That would have been too on the nose. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Shogun, so the, the guy in the back with, like, the, the battle suit. So that's Shogun. Oh, that's racist. And then, so I'll that's show you. Stereotypical samurai-looking armor. Yeah. So here is, well, here. Uh, so here is foreplay. Oh, and no. then down on the right is uh, Deadlock. So tell okay. me who the, uh, he looks like a little bit of. Right. It's spiral and, then, and Wolverine. It's a Wolverine. Yes, Feral, exactly. Wolverine, Wolfsbane. And then look at her belt. So that looks like an X to me. But <laughs> if you go and look at the... They did a remastered version. That's what this one is here. They oh, re recolorized it so you don't see it quite as prominent. And... but Wait, was it Snake Eyes on that page? Yeah. <laughs> It probably was. Did you say Snake Eyes? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Is We're just Kingpin? copying everybody else. <laughs> oh, so man. let me see if we can get to the original. Like you know, people getting riddled with bullets, blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, where is this? I'm gonna try to find this the page here with the exact same page, but it got remastered and they took the X off of the the logo on her belt. Huh? But they <laughs> had to redo. Out, huh? Yeah. They had to redo Deadlock because he looked too much. There, there it is in the corner. So, so there's yeah. the remastered version, and then here's the original in the huh. corner. So you can kind of tell tell the difference a little bit. But yeah, later on, Lifefield changed how Deadlock looked because it looked too much like Wolverine, and <laughs> the, these guys. So the way the way it works is they regenerate. So they're basically zombies, hero, hero zombies is what they are. Huh. So when they die, they take their body parts and like somehow put them back together and then reanimate them. And that's how they, they come back. But <laughs> I, I, I think I only picked up this one because it was, you know, it was image. It was the nineties. You just right. bought everything that had the image logo on it. And you really they wanted to rub blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was more just I, I bought everything image <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so they sold 935,000 of these. The God cover bless. price was $2.95. Current value, $3. So see, Ben, you went from $1.75 to 5 This is still worse than what you got. <laughs> you get the impression that they... I got the sound investment. When they were making these books, they had no intention of them being good or no. being a legacy book like they hadn't they had i think they all knew full well this this the blood strike was not going to see issue 100 no but they also no. knew that it was all it was going like one issue was going to buy them all ferraris yeah yeah you said it right. in the previous issue or a previous episode they were guaranteed to sell minimum five hundred thousand. just put image yeah. on it put rob lightfield yeah. on it jim lee whatever it'll sell five hundred thousand bare minimum so yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah they i read an article on this later it's like storylines didn't matter they were they like uh, had some characters that they just killed off in the issue and then they just showed up in the next issue without any explanation <laughs> at all so story didn't matter copyright infringement didn't matter nope rubbing the nope. blood didn't matter 
Because I'm yeah, looking like, at other pictures of Bloodstrike, and there's a guy that looks like Deathblow in here. I'm, there's a chick that yeah. looks like just like Dom, just like Domino. Domino, yeah, <laughs> from from uh, Young Blood, yeah. All <laughs> it's like there is nothing unique in this this book at all. Characters are copies of others, but again, it checks every checkbox for the 90s. You know, you got this double layer, double page spread here of people getting kicked, punched, and shot. I mean, it just again, it, it hits everything. Who are the who's the creative team for this? Who did the the interior work? Let's see here. That was well, Rob Liefeld, of course, came up with it. Boy, that's a, you you can tell that because it's wholly unique and original, <laughs> right? Uh, sure Dana Frega. So Rob Liefeld and Dan Frega did the artwork. Yeah, Dan Frega is actually still around. Written by and Tim Seeley. Eric Stevenson did the story. With Rob Liefeld. So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> Liefeld, of course, in typical Liefeld fashion, he did the first two, three issues, and then he went off to somebody else, and somebody else Jesse, did everything after Jesse that. Jesse Keeper has a comment about Blood Rub was my nickname at the Grillmaster Academy alumni mixer. <laughs> oh, man. Jesse, this, love uh, it. Yeah, see, I thought that was Snake Eyes. <laughs> That's a good yeah, one. See, yeah, here we go. Here's Snake Eyes. But this is just some soldier <laughs> for uh, a fortress they're trying to break into. Are they running um, down a wall? Oh, they got ropes yeah. there, don't they? They got ropes. Okay. They're kind of spawning or whatever down the wall. New, Ze- New Zealand repelling or whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just, when I we came up with this gimmick cover, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what it's one I'm, I'm <laughs> going to pick for this one. I don't have this one. It got damaged in got some water damage to it so but evidently by the value of it i'm i'm not really out a whole lot <laughs> right Five i'm pretty sure you could, you could probably go down to your local comic shop right now and rub the blood <laughs> for a dollar <laughs> it's probably, it's probably in the quarter it's in the quarter yeah i just gonna say it's in the quarter yes, it's in the quarter it's in the quarter racks <laughs> they got eight of them the sales clerk comes these. around and yells at you. Hey, this isn't a library. Don't be rubbing the blood here. <laughs> Either buy something uh, or get out of here. <laughs> There's not, not going to be blood. any blood rubbing in my store. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan Dan Frega, Dan Ray Frega, and Rob Liefeld did this one. But man, oh man, fun cover, fun times. Like I said, we we all bought this stuff hook, line, and sinker for the most part. It didn't matter. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't think. I mean, it that's was... a that's a good gimmick. That's a good you know idea. It was. I mean, for of course, if you're going to call the team Blood Strike, you got the blood. I mean, I just think they went. Okay. You know, the, the rub the blood. This they went too far with it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, over, yeah. Overall, it's a good gimmick, and and you know, for it to be the number one issue to launch it to have a cool gimmicky cover that you know, true. like you said, gets people hook, line, and sinker, but. That's uh, true. So maybe it does kind of fit the cover, just like the the Ghost Rider one. I'm like, well, kind of, but it just <laughs> you know just screams image and early '90s like no other. Right? Yeah, I you mean, can't put you you can't have people you can't ask people to rub the blood on a Young Blood book or a Blood Wolf, <laughs> Death Blow. Yeah, you got it. They can only rub the blood on Blood Strike. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you need the a rub the blood Lenny Vernon issue. I don't think we need that at all. <laughs> no. Oh, I feel man. I feel like that technology is expensive too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to, I can yeah. that cover. 
<laughs> I can't imagine. I don't know. Uh, could be. We'll probably price ourselves out that one. <laughs> All right, you might have to charge more than a dollar ninety-five like these guys did. Typically, you do have to pay more to rub the blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's the all I got for gimmick covers. So it was fun going down memory lane and, and checking out some of these old gimmicky covers that we all loved. You know, I don't think any of us can deny that we didn't like it at the time. Maybe not so much now, but still, I think, there's, I think there's still some value in some of them doing some gimmick covers just as far as, like we said, as long as it fits. And yeah. most of these well, did. And the thing that the thing about it now, though, is they don't for at least I'm not a huge comic book buyer now, but from what I can tell, they don't really do like these kind of gimmicky covers. What they do is they just release variant covers. Yeah. Variants, so, yeah. I mean, mm. which granted, you know, the one I used X-Men number one was just variant covers, but it's they don't even make the picture. It's just like, hey, here's this book and we have four different covers. Yeah. By special Instead artists. Of, you know, yeah, but instead of doing like a gimmick, like "Hey, it's Silver Surfer, so we're going to use silver, you know, embossing on it," it yeah. it just seems like like you were saying they're not even trying now. There's like, eh, it's the same book, but uh, we got these cool artists doing the cover, so you're going to buy four copies of them now. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of the blank so. covers now. I've seen that quite a yeah. bit where you can yeah, have somebody draw covers. their yeah sketch cover uh, covers. But yeah, you're right. It's just variants, lots of variants which I know probably yeah. drives comic book store owners crazy because they just don't know which one is going to sell and which one are they going to have 50 of when they bought 55 of them left, you know, at the end of the month. Yep. Right. Well, and, you, and you're taking up, you know, three shelf books space. worth of shelf space for one book. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they probably hate that. So maybe, maybe with that in mind, maybe a gimmick cover, one gimmick cover for them would be better as a store owner than, you know, five or eight variant covers. Yeah, Definitely. From a financial standpoint, I'm sure they would like that. So, but yeah, well, I hope if you're listening to this later, hope you enjoy it. Let us know what your favorite gimmick cover was. There were so many to choose from. There was a kind of honorable mention. There's the Gene 13, had 13 different variant covers. You had the right. Spider Man hologram cover. You had like the, the Tombstone Spider Man one. I mean, there was a ton mm -hmm. of ones that you could just probably pick from that were fun gimmick covers at the time. So, Maybe we'll have to revisit it. We'll see. But let us know which ones you liked. If you liked ours that we picked or didn't, you know, let us know too. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I got, guys. Anything else? No. No. As always, it was fun. Yeah. 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 Thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate your point of view. And, and someday we need to maybe set up a Ben's retirement fund since his, his comic book cover fund didn't pan out. Yeah. You know, right. I'm going to have to. Yeah, gonna have to get a GoFundMe going here. GoFundMe <laughs> going because that that five dollar, you know, from dollar seventy five to five dollar gain just isn't gonna cut it. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need some help. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody in the chat, especially Jesse. Anybody else in the chat for joining in? We always appreciate the the insight on puns and all sorts of fun things. But uh, but we'll call it a day and we'll do it again next time. So thanks everybody.